The Duly Noted Podcast is brought to you by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com. And by Vistar Credit Union with locations across Gator Country. Visit vistarcu.org. And also, the Humidor, going the distance for fine cigars. This is Dooley Noted. Everything Florida Gators with your host, Pat Dooley. Okay, welcome into another edition of the Dooley Noted Podcast. I'm Pat Dooley, sports columnist at the Gainesville Sun. Promised to go longer this week, or Tuesday, than I did, or today, than I did Tuesday. Obviously, I had to get over to Basketball Media Day, and we'll talk about that a little bit at the end of the show. But, um, yeah, we'll give you the full full throttle here as we get ready for the game between Florida and Towson and James Bates is going to join us a little bit later on the show which is always good you could look at this game as hey this is the last chance to just go enjoy a game because when you're playing Auburn and Georgia and LSU and and even South Carolina and Missouri, certainly at Missouri and FSU, there's no there's no time to relax. It's intense. It means something, and you're into it if you're a fan. Uh, this is the last chance where you get to go, hey, look, I think uh, we're going to be okay in this game. Let's, let's hope nobody gets hurt and um, see what it is. Now, I say that, but this Towson team is not anything to be scoffed at. In fact, Towson v... v- Tennessee, who wins? Not sure the answer to that. Okay? I am not sure of the answer to that. Obviously, Towson's playing at another level down in FCS. They're a really good team. They win a lot. They're ranked in their uh, classification. They're 3-1 and with a lone loss being in overtime last week to Villanova. Um, It's going to be a big deal to them. uh, Their biggest crowd they have played in front of this year was 88,000 and change, or 8,800 and change, I'm sorry. And now they're going to go to 80, my guess is around 83, 84,000. I don't think it'll be a full house, and I understand why it won't be, although it's a 4 o'clock game, so it should be a nice night, evening, night, slash night. And um, But Towson's, Towson's got a good team. They're, they're a good pl- uh, group of players, and their quarterback, I've been talking about him all week, and um, – Brought him up in my column, uh, Tom Flacco. He's the brother of Joe Flacco, and he's uh, the NFL guys are high on him. Is now they're not like going to Carson Wentz him, but they're going to somebody may take him in the sixth or seventh round. And he'll get into a camp. There's no question about that. So you have to look at that. Uh, they are not great in some areas. Uh, they don't play very good defense. They are. Uh, I think they're giving up 22 first downs a game. Their pass defense, they get a lot of picks, but they can't stop the run. They cannot stop the run at all. If you and I don't know how many times I can say this. If you can't run against these guys, you're not going to run all year. I want to see what Florida can do in the running game. I'm not sure that it's going to matter if you're Auburn. You're not going to sit there and look at it and go, wow, we've got to stop the run. Do you see how well they ran against Towson? Because you've seen them run against Miami and Kentucky and uh, obviously, um, you know, Tennessee last week. And they couldn't run against a bad run defense. Uh, I don't know what the answers are, 
I think it's still an offensive line trying to get used to each other, trying to get better, uh, finishing blocks. And there's no question that Michael P. Ryan's going to kind of step it up and hit the holes instead of dancing around a little bit. So, um, you know, but this, if again, if you can't run against this team, you might as well say, that's it, we're not running anymore. We're going to run draw, draw plays on third and eight. Um, but again, Towson is a, is a good offensive team. They got a, a good receiver. Um, their quarterback is runs for a lot. He's their leading rusher in Flacco. Last week he went. I think I mentioned he went from three oh for three oh four passing, one twenty rushing in the loss. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see him and see how good he is or isn't. Um, and we you know. We can talk about this Florida team right now, but we're about to find out a lot more about it. We found out some things. That's the thing. You know, in the NFL, they divide seasons into quarters. First four games – I mean, the coaches do this. It's not – you know, they, they may say we're on to Cincinnati and we're taking it one at a time, but they do that. They, they divide it into fours, and they try to look and go, how can we win this quarter of the season? And if you're the Patriots, you're probably how can we go four and If you're, um, you know, the Bills or somebody, can we get to two and two? They had an off. Obviously, we had a good September. If you're the Dolphins, you go, can we win a game? But they divide it into fourths. And in college football, I I always divide it mentally myself into thirds. Um, and the first third of the season is behind us. Um, this is a team that has won every game. We keep apparently we have to repeat that sometimes, but um, they've won every game. They've done a lot of really good things. They've done a lot of really bad things. You know, it's like a um, it's like a team taking a test, and man, they've missed a couple of questions early. But overall, I'm giving them a passing grade. In fact, I'd give them probably a B plus. Because when you win two tight games and you smother two other teams, that says a lot about your team. Now, I asked the question in my column for Saturday, and I'm curious to get your reactions because I read all the emails that you guys send. I don't always respond to everyone, as you know. Some of them are in Russian alphabet. Some of them are asking for uh, funds from a Nigerian prince. You know, there's, there's those. And then there's some people that, you know – you get nine straight emails and they all say the same thing. You don't always respond to everyone. That's, I'm not trying to say I'm above anything or, or I don't have time to answer these, but maybe I should. Maybe I should answer everyone. No matter what. Let's, let me back up. Can I edit that out? I'm just kidding. Um, but I'm curious what you think if this is an elite defense or not, and this is what I wrote about for Saturday. Is it elite? Um, right now... I've got an answer for you, but you're going to have to wait till after this break, and then I'm going to tell you. You're listening to the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. At ViStar, we believe in better, and that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. 
Tailgates and Gator Winds call for the best cigars available from around the world. Pick your sticks today and save at the Florida family-owned site, thehumidor.com. Get free shipping on every cigar order. Find boxes from the biggest brands, samplers hand-selected by top tobacconists, or pick your own single sticks. Thehumidor.com, going the distance for fine cigars. Welcome back to the podcast. I hit a pause there for no reason. I'm, I don't want to be like Howard Stern. Howard Stern, who I love, Howard Stern. I mean, he's not for everybody. But every once in a while, he'll just belch on the air. And everybody laughs. And I don't think it's funny, though. I don't want to hear people belch on the air. I don't want to hear them belch anywhere. So I'm trying not to do that. Um, the question about the defense, is it elite? And can it be elite? That's the big question. Because we all know what's coming. Auburn. You better be a lead against Auburn defensively, not because they're great on offense, but because they're great on defense. And when a team's great on defense, you ain't scoring a lot of points. And so you better be elite as well to keep it a competitive game. Then you got LSU. I think we all know what's going on there. It's ridiculous. They're putting up ridiculous numbers. I think they score more points than any SEC, SEC team in four games in the history of the league. And then, of course, you still got Georgia with Jake Fromm, who we talked about this Tuesday. I'm not sure I wouldn't take Jake Fromm if I had a choice of any quarterback in college football to play one game. Give him a game plan, he's going to execute it. He's going to get it done. It, it, it may not be flashy. They may not score a ton of points, but they'll score enough to win. Unless the coach does something stupid. And then obviously we we all know about Missouri with Kelly Bryant, and you don't know what South Carolina where they're going to be at that point. We don't know what's going on at FSU, but that's that's doesn't matter. Um, so th- I, I think the point is it, we're about to find out if this defense is and can be elite. And I think it's got to have you got to have C.J. Henderson healthy. You can't afford to continue with these injuries. But I mean, how do you stop that? I know that every time there are injuries on a team, people ask about, well, are we doing the right things with, with Achilles heels or are our trainers pushing them too hard? What Injuries just happen. It's, it's a physical, tough game. It is a bunch of young guys with incredible speed running real fast and hitting each other as hard as they can. Injuries are going to happen. You know, talking to Dan Mullen Wednesday, he said, man, we just hope this is we've kind of been through it, and we're going to be all right. And of course, as we know, you never know whether you've been through it and and you're going to be okay now, and everybody's going to get healthy, or is this just a year long thing where for some reason you're snake bit, and you go back to Will Muschamp's four and eight year, when okay you lose Driscoll, you lose Dominique Easley, and those are devastating losses. But as the season went on, it just every week it was somebody else getting hurt guy falling off a scooter for gosh sakes every week it was something else so i do from what i've seen in four weeks i think this defense can be elite i don't think it is elite but again let's not forget that it has not had cj henderson since the second quarter i believe it was yes second quarter of the tennessee martin game so he has played basically um a little more than five quarters 
and he's the best defensive player on the team and maybe the best player on the team. I, I You can make that argument. So that's going to be a big factor. And we'll see what they do with him this week. He, he practiced. He may play. They may get him in there just a little bit. They may kind of treat him as a specialty DB, you know, throw him in there on third and eight. But don't you know? Don't ask him to come up and make hits on, on first and ten when they're running the ball. You know, I, I don't know, but I'm just guessing totally, on that. Um, you know, I saw a, uh, I saw a thing on ESPN, and they were listing the twelve teams that have a chance to get in the college football playoff. I think there are more than that. I don't think any. I don't think those twelve. I, I've told you, I think there are six teams that really have a chance to get in, but mathematically. Theoretically, they're probably more, a little bit more than 12. Uh, and they listed Florida as the last one. Florida was the 12th team. The chance of Florida winning the national title were 0.8%. That's not a lot. That's, those aren't good chances. But I don't think anybody's sitting there looking at this team going, I think we can win it all this year. This is our year to win it all. I think people are looking at this team, for the most part, realistic Gator fans, realistic college football fans, and that may be an oxymoron, and saying, hey, Florida is a good team. I, I It's going to be interesting to watch them play play and evolve with this new quarterback and the lack of a running game and the injuries on defense and see what they're able to do when they get to this stretch. Now, in, in some ways, Towson's a perfect opponent because it's a good offensive team, allows your defense to to uh, play play uh, play against the pass a lot, which I think is, is important, especially with what's coming up in three weeks, or two, week, two weeks and two days. But... Um, we all know what what's coming up. We, we all know what's going to happen then, down the road. So we'll see what happens Saturday, and then um, and then it's going to get crazy around here, man. I mean, crazy. I don't know why. It just feels like because look, the bottom line is if Florida wins and Auburn beats Mississippi State at home, which I think they will, but I look Mississippi State could beat them. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But if those two things happen, I can't see game day going anywhere else. I just can't see it. And I'm sure they've been in contact with Florida. And where would we go? You've got it. You've changed the way the north end zone is, the lawn out there. Um, and if that happens, hadn't happened since 2012, it's going to be exciting. Fired up. Hope everybody else will be too. All right. I wanted to talk about a couple of things. That involving Florida, but but before I get to them, I did want to talk about rankings. And I had this discussion with somebody, and they said, "Well, why do you even care? The rankings don't matter." I said, "Hey, hey, hey! I'm right here in the room. I'm voting on the on the AP poll, and I like the AP poll. I think it's great. I think it's uh, it's fun. Somebody told me a hypocrite the other day. They said, "How can you say you don't like it when?" September Heisman favorites, but you like the poll. Well, the poll's different. Poll's fun. Who's ranked? Who's ranked this week? Everybody always wants to know who's ranked. Are we ranked? We won. Are we won again? Are we going to be ranked? It's not really hurting anybody. It's kind of like bowl games. They don't hurt anybody. But I asked myself this question, and this is the theme of my Saturday or Friday column on the picks. Am I really doing the right thing here with this brainwashed? viewpoint of Alabama Clemson one and two one and two and one whatever you want to do well 
I'm not sure I am. If you're taking brand and last year and the year before and the last 10 years out of the mix, which it should be, and you're ranking these teams based on who has played the best or who has the, the best wins, it's either Auburn or LSU, right? I think you have to put up there. I don't think Clemson or Alabama get in. Now, Alabama hasn't done anything wrong. It's just they haven't played anybody. They got a soft schedule. South Carolina is awful. Duke is not the Duke that they used to be, like at last year. It's going to toughen up for them. Clemson has the one win over Texas A&M. Auburn's got that and trumps it with an Oregon win on a neutral site. And they won in A&M. So put that in your pipe. Smoke it. My point being, what has Clemson done? And guess what? Clemson can't do anything else the rest of the year. All they can do is keep winning. All they can do is keep winning in that in that mediocre conference, and they'll still probably get in because they'll be undefeated, and they are Clemson. It would be an interesting dynamic if a team like, I don't know, Pittsburgh or – you know, uh, Virginia Tech, somebody like that ran the table, but they didn't beat anybody the whole year. And we got to that point in the playoffs where, where they're trying to decide. Anyway, I think it's worth thinking about, uh, and, and I'm going to think about it. And my set Sunday when I vote, it may be drastically different than anything I've done in the past. Now, I had a screw-up a couple weeks ago, or not last week, where I put Mississippi State in and left Kansas State out. It was just a mistake on my part. I got hammered for it. Fine. I don't care. It, it bothers my daughter. Kelsey's like, I had to defend you. I go, don't defend me. I'm good. Don't worry about it. Believe, believe me, I've been ripped enough in my life. I'm okay. All right, let's uh, – I want to talk about these other two things. Jav- and, and I'm going to – I think I'll make this a note somewhere along the line. Javon Curse is going to be the SEC legend for Florida. And Javon Kerr certainly is deserving as a player. Now, let's not forget, though, he was involved in that whole tank black thing. And so clearly Florida has forgiven that situation. Florida kind of skated a little bit because they cooperated the right way. It was really tank black doing bad things with players and um, it made some of them there, – there, there have been issues where they wouldn't apologize. I thought Javon Kerr was one of them, but maybe he has now since then for taking money. Uh, Javon had said, if you recall, my my family needed it. I, I They offered it. I was taking it, which is a violation of the rules. Okay. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not condemning or condoning right there. But they've forgiven him clearly because for you to be um, an SEC legend, the school has to nominate you. The school has to say, here's, here's our candidate. They're basically picking it themselves. It's not the SEC picking it. So Florida's re- certainly forgiven him. Isn't it time then that we forgive, or they forgive, I have already forgiven him, Vernon Maxwell, and put his points back in the record book where they belong? They were scored. They counted. I I don't know if the NCAA would look, uh, would frown at that, and maybe that's why they haven't. Because Florida's really worked hard ever, ever since what happened in both the mid-'80s and the late-'80s uh, with the NCAA. They've 
worked really hard to make sure they're in compliance on everything to a fault, I might add, sometimes to an aggravating fault. But so maybe putting his his numbers back in there would be a slap in the, in the face of the NCAA. I don't think so. I think there's a way around it. I think there's a way to negotiate that. And maybe Scott Strickland's the guy to do that. It's not. It's not gonna. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna give me awake at night. Okay. I'm not gonna have trouble sleeping whether they do it or not. It's just something that came to me. Also, Florida Georgia Hall of Fame. Uh, it will be uh, Brandon Spikes and Brad Culpepper going in. Certainly worthy candidates in terms of their Florida careers. Um, and, and I've quit voting on it because I got mad. Um, I, I've told the story before, but I, I keep pushing Judd Davis to be in that Hall of Fame and they won't put him even put him on the ballot and my complaint is that Judd Davis is four field goals in the mud won a game and that that's that's Hall of Fame stuff right it's the Florida Georgia Hall of Fame so I quit voting because it, it, they, they ticked me off they wouldn't listen to me and I think I know what I'm talking about but it, this is another example Brandon Spikes yeah absolutely Brandon Spikes hit on no Sean Moreno is one of the most signature moments of that game Brad Culpepper is a great Florida player. Did great things. I can't remember anything he did in that game. Maybe I'm just not remembering it. But he played 90 and 91. They won both those games. And the defense did a great job. But here's the thing. I'm not saying Brad's not worthy. And I, I Certainly Brad's a great guy and is so successful and is a great All-American of Florida. And I'm happy he's getting in. Uh, very happy. But sometimes they, they put people into those Hall of Fames based on who they are and what they've done since or maybe what they did as a college player. I think Emmett might be a good example of that. Didn't do well against Georgia. So, you know, Doug Dickey is the, the most flagrant example of that. I, I like Doug Dickey very much. Very nice guy, but I don't know how you get in the Hall of Fame when you lose that many games to Georgia and lose them in the manner they lost them. Anyway, I'm not going to be mean to anybody anymore. That's that's enough of that. Uh, three headlines today. We'll get to three things in a minute. Urban Meyer rejects Michigan. Mich- and again, this came up as somebody said, oh, USC's doing better now. Maybe he'll go to Michigan because Harbaugh may be out. Well, that ain't happening, okay? And if you think Urban Meyer is a lot of things, he ain't going to Michigan. And I don't think he'd go to FSU. I mean, he's got that much loyalty, at least to those programs that made him great. I don't think he'd go to BYU either. But I found it humorous. Uh, Number two were three Tennessee, three more Tennessee players leave the program. Uh, I know that they talked about rats deserting the sinking ship in um, the, the Jeremy Pruitt press conference, famous Titanic press conference, where they're still jumping off the ship. Ship hasn't gone all the way down, but it's it's. Let me tell you what, it's cracked in half now. <laughs> it's definitely cracked in half. If you've seen the movie, that thing cracks in half, and all of a sudden it starts pulling the other one down. That's where it is right now. Um, and then the other was. This whole redshirt thing, I, I could get in a long diatribe about this, about players being redshirted and what, what Houston's doing, which I think is a real disservice to those senior players to say we're tanking the season and I don't know how you I don't know how you show up. I don't know how you go out there as a coach and say, Hey, give me all you've got. 
But I'm holding back players, okay? I don't want these guys playing because I want to save them for next year when you're gone. Uh, but we saw it again with Jameis Williams from uh, South Carolina. And then the latest is Zach McLeod, who uh, had a, was a really good player from Miami, but they've gone to a two-linebacker system, and he isn't getting to play very much. And they said, look, let's sit you out for the year, the rest of the year, red shirt. We'll build you up, get you stronger, get you faster, and then you can move into one of those slots. So that's an interesting concept. It, it's not going to work with every kid, but it's certainly working with a lot of them. All right, we have got to get a break. We'll come back with James Bates, former Gator linebacker. You're listening to the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. Zaxby's taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or visit Zaxby's.com. I'm your host, Pat Dooley from the Gainesville Sun and Gatorsports.com, and this is a duly noted podcast presented by Zaxby's. Okay, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. It is a great pleasure to be joined by a fellow Gator dad. Who, who thought we would ever be saying that we were both Gator dads at the same time? My daughter's at school, your daughter's at school. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's awesome, isn't it? I just wish that I could enjoy weekends and and, uh, and take advantage of, of having uh, someone up there. You know, I would have given anything to have been, even though it wasn't a very pretty game, uh, it wasn't very competitive last weekend. I, I just would have loved to have been in the swamp and, and been there for the weekend when the Tennessee Vols come to town. But I'm always heading the wrong way during the football season, it seems. Yeah, well, you stay busy. Of course, this is James Bates, who is, of course, does a great job as a broadcaster, also as an artist. And um, I think a lot of people in this town have art on their walls from from James. But, uh, of course, also played a little bit of linebacker here. And it's funny, that 94 team, I was talking about it last week, they had kind of a mixed bag in that they had so many great wins, and you were part of the obviously the big win in the swamp. But then the losses were devastating. Right, right. It, you know, it, it, but it was all kind of part of the process. It's uh, at least at least we we were in a situation at that point to where you expected to go win them all. You know, and it just shows how how fast and how far we came and, and how fast we did it with Coach Spurrier. Um, it was just it was part of one of those steps that, that shortly thereafter, as you well know, got us to a national title and, and spoiled all of us. Now we expect to win a championship every single year because of those teams. Now you, you're going down to watch your daughter swim down in uh, the Miami area and, uh, and then off to Pitt. Well, they'll be in a, they should be in a pretty good mood up there, huh? Yeah, it's it's always fun to go sit down with those coaches on a Friday, coming off of a win, and uh, you know it, it seems like I, I've I've gotten those pit coaches who I really like, Pat Narduzzi and his and his guys. Um, it seems like I've gotten them right on the tail end of the Penn State game the last couple of years, and that hasn't been pretty. It was it was a little bit closer this year. Um, they had a chance to win it, but uh, it's 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 not fun going in there when when you've got some salty coaches. And uh, you know what, though, even though it, it may not be the sexiest matchup on paper of the weekend, uh, along with Tom Wormy and Lindsey Rowley, uh, we've called back-to-back uh, upsets and, and that have been really fun games. Two weeks ago, we had Citadel at Georgia Tech. Oh, yeah. And then last, 
last weekend we had Appalachian State at North Carolina. So who knows? Yeah, I'm I'm already calling Appy State knocking off South Carolina at the end of the year. I, Appy State's good. That's a good ball club. Uh, I, I ranked them this week. Well, you know they they can they're fast. They've got guys. They've got really good athletes, and and you know they they play with that chip because they all they all feel like they should have been recruited by North Carolina and, and North Carolina State and South Carolina for that matter. And so, you know they. It, up there on the mountain, it's the only game in town. It's not like they play a little bit of basketball and baseball, too. And, you know, they might, but they're not as competitive as they always are in football. And it's really kind of a recipe for a fun, fun football program. And what a huge win last weekend for them to beat North Carolina, who they hadn't played in like 80 years or something like that. Isn't that part of what the greatness of college football is? Because you know, we watch Miami, we Florida play Miami, and we walk out of that stadium going, if they clean things up, they, they'll win their division. The next week, North Carolina beats them, and we're all in love with North Carolina. And then you see Appy State beats North Carolina. It's just, you. I have a, a motto, every game is its own game. It really is. And, you know, and, and, and the coaches sure know that, but it's, it's kind of getting that point across sometimes to the players. But you're right, and I'm with you. I, it still blows me away that, that Miami, because going into the season, I just thought, you know what, Manny Diaz, this defense, he's the godfather of the turnover chain after all. And his defense, even though the offense has been awful the last couple of years, his defense continued to play their tails off for him and make all these big plays and all these turnovers. And so I just figured that the uh, that, that energy would carry over now for the full team as he's the head coach. But, uh, you know, just some of the growing pains. And, and I hope that they do well because I, I'm a big Manny Diaz fan. He's He's always been a joy to sit down with, and I, I like talking ball with him, and I like his energy. I would have liked to have played for him. Um, but it, it was uh, – I'm with you. I'm a little bit surprised that they haven't they haven't put it together and kind of rallied a little bit better. I want to ask you a little bit about Florida in a minute, but first got to ask about your home state and the Tennessee Vols. Um, and three more players left the program this week. It, it just feels like a dumpster fire that nobody can put out. And there's got to be a little bit of it in you that's that's kind of sad to see it happen. It really is. I mean, there was a point, you know, I guess maybe I'm just getting old, but there was a point when I, I just I loved watching the balls go down and everything, you know, and, and football, <laughs> basketball. Baseball. I just loved watching Tennessee lose. And then, you know, you, you had – Kiffin go through there and then Dooley and I kind of stepped back and you know I mean a lot of friends that went there my my brother was Peyton's back up there my dad played there my mom went there and I'm like you know what this is a this is a proud institution and a lot of passionate fans and they they when they're when they when they feel like they've got a chance it makes college football better love them or hate them and and so I kind of changed a little bit now i'm not at all sad that we whooped up on them last weekend but but you're right it's it doesn't feel the same uh when it's just so so off the rails and and i don't know how you i don't i don't really see the quick fix for it because there's not a ton of in-state talent um you know they like you look all over the south louisiana south carolina north carolina it's you know even mississippi they They've got a lot of guys, big defensive linemen types that can run and can play, but they just don't have a ton of that. Those guys that just grow up just wanting to be a part of that team, be a part of, of Tennessee or you know wherever state you're from. 
Yeah, I got to admit, I when I was standing there on the field at the end of the game and their their linemen were trudging off towards the, the ice box, I was like, man, I kind of feel bad for the players. You know, they didn't expect yeah. this to be this bad. But I do want to ask you what little you've been able to see, and I don't know how much you've been able to see of Florida and the linebacker play, the position you played, middle linebacker. David Reese seems to be having an extraordinary year. Gosh, isn't that fun? I mean, it's just it, it, it's, it's fun to watch it when – Oh, oh! You hear you hear a lot of the greats sometimes. Like Jordan comes to mind when they when they they're interviewed and they talk about that that hoop that gets so much bigger. It just feels like it's like a big old hula hoop instead of a regular sized basketball rim. And they talk about the game slowing down. And you know you can totally tell that when thirty three is out there on the field that it's that he just he has such a good feel for the game. He's such a natural athlete. You know, and let's not forget the big guys up front have to take take on some of those bodies. Sure. And that's one thing that when I was back there, I had some, some great defensive linemen in front of me. And when they do their jobs, it, shoot, it, you go sideline to sideline and go make them all. But he's uh, he's really special and fun to watch. Glenard as well. I mean, I just uh, – and I, 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 just, uh, I just I just enjoy the fact that – Really, over the last few years, we've, we've been able to watch so much good defensive play, and and uh, I enjoy I enjoy the aggressiveness. And I mean, it's because it's it's sometimes you don't see a whole lot of it in college football. You look across the college football landscape, and, and man, it's it's a it's a forgotten art form. Guys don't go flying around, and you know, partly because the game's changed a little bit right. for safety reasons. But uh, it is fun to see him uh, going fast and furious, that's for sure. Yeah, I was just thinking we probably should have had you on next week because uh, it's the uh, Auburn week, and that was still the single best play I ever saw you make was at Auburn, that interception you had. Oh, yeah. Thanks for bringing <laughs> that up. That's a, I mean, that's, you know, the thing is, the reason I'm so proud of it is because you know that, uh, and the the play that Pat's talking about is, is Stephen Davis, and I think it was early in the second half, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Stephen Davis was a, uh, I think he was a hundred meter champion, state champion in in either Georgia or Alabama, um, and uh, he was their running back. And I was in man coverage with them, and they ran a wheel route trying to isolate me, thinking that they could pick on 44 and uh, hung with them. And, and just like my dad had taught me so many times of, like, kind of feeling that body and snapping that head around. And uh, that was that was kind of textbook. There, I didn't do a ton of textbook stuff. Like, I wasn't <laughs> made a lot of tackles, but I wasn't a great natural tackler and stuff. But I, that was one that you could put, you know, teach a clinic around on covering a wheel route or, or for a defensive back. So, yeah, I'll take that. Thank you, Pat. I remember Spur always say, Batesy's he's always faking that blitz. I don't know why he's doing that. He's always faking the blitz. But, um, <laughs> hey, uh, one, one other quick question for you. What events is Talia uh, involved in with the uh, swim team? Well, she's she's a sprinter. She uh, she she. This will be her first meet as a Gator. So she's she's a freshman this year, and I'm just glad that I could sneak down and see. They've got three meets this weekend: FIU, Miami, and FAU. And I'll get to see the FIU meet this afternoon before I fly out from Miami tomorrow morning. But uh, she's uh, she's going to swim the 53 and the 100 fly tonight, and then a couple relays. And then uh, they'll change it up a little bit throughout the weekend, but you know, it's it's swimming's different, man. It's because they they're 
right now they're in the thick of training. So this might as well be like a scrimmage. Right. You know, they'll go swim and swim hard. And, and sometimes, you know, you have certain dual meets. There'll be there'll be teams where they couldn't hold a candle. But like, let's say, let's say. Tennessee, for example, came to town in November, and on paper they couldn't hold the candle to Florida, but they may come in and beat Florida because Florida's in heavy training because they're focusing on SECs and didn't shave and aren't wearing their racing suits in Tennessee. But like, and so it's—I don't want—I don't really mean it like this, but it's kind of true that the meets during the season. They don't always matter that True. much. You're yeah. just always building towards something. It, it would be like Auburn coming to the town next weekend and being like, well, as long as Reed has 25 tackles, it really doesn't matter if we lose. You know? Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It's a building process, and it's that way with a lot of sports, um, You know, especially Olympic sports. Even golf is that way in, uh-huh. in college golf. But uh, it's really interesting. So, hey, say, say hello to Tina for me, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you down the road, okay? All right, my man. Say hey to Karen and uh, go Gators. Thanks for having me on, Pat. All right, James Bates joining us. Zaxby's taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or visit Zaxby's.com. Okay, uh, we always do this on Thursday. We look at some odds and uh, the oddest odds I saw. We should That could be the whole segment, the oddest odds. Were, were uh, SMU which is now ranked, I think, I think SMU's ranked, or else I know somebody ranked them. Some people are voting for them. They may be worthy of my vote. I, I didn't do a very good job this week, and I, I was trying to get someplace in a hurry. And My poll, I'm embarrassed by my poll. I'm going to try to do better. The bottom part of that poll, you kind of have fun with it sometimes, and you realize, no, don't have fun with it. Rank the teams you think are the top 25. I promise to do a better job this week. Okay? Everybody, everybody good with me there? All right, so SMU, which is undefeated, pretty sure I'm right on that, 4-0, at USF, and they're only giving 7.5 points. Now, USF has been awful this year. I am stunned that they're as bad as they are. I thought the Kerwin Bell hire was brilliant. It didn't work it out. Now, so far, hopefully they give them time, um, it's a, it's, I don't know if USF can ever be anything. I don't think USF can ever be UCF. Now, I know they had a little run there with Jim Levitt, but I'm not sure they can ever get to a consistent level like UCF has. But seven and a half points doesn't seem like a lot. You want a lock bet? Take it. Jump on it. All over it. I'm giving it to you. Uh, Florida State, six and a half point favorite at home against NC State. I, I you know, I don't know. NC State. Might show up and play. I think FSU is getting better, and that's a good sign for if you're an FSU fan. But they're still not good. But in that conference, you can win, they can still win eight games easily. Uh, Kentucky is uh, getting three at South Carolina, which again, there's another spread that I, I don't. I would stay away from that. South. I mean, that's a loser's leaves town game. There's no question. But South Carolina. You know, seems like the better team, but uh, golly, really better than Kentucky? Now, three points is usually what they give you for home field advantage. So basically, they're saying it's a toss-up game. So stay away from it. And in the featured CBS three thirty game, you can't wait to see this one. Old Miss 
is at Alabama. The line opened at 32 and a half. It's at 38 already. The wise guys are betting Alabama up. Interesting that Notre Dame is getting 12 and a half against Virginia, and I've gone out and picked Virginia. I don't know what I'm thinking, and I saw that spread, and I went, what are you thinking? And I still don't know what I'm thinking. I just believe in hangovers, and I think Notre Dame's going to have one. But maybe not. Maybe I'm way off on this one, and I got a feeling it's going to come back and bite me. I had a good week last week. I went eight and two. Uh, where game day is, Ohio State is a 17-point favorite on the road against Nebraska. I don't know why they're there either. And then um, this was the interesting line of the week to me. Not the this wasn't the odd odds. This was the uh, bizarre odds because Houston opened up as a three-point favorite over North Texas. North Texas is not a bad little team. Houston, we know, isn't as bad as their record, one and three. But we also know what happened there where two of their best players decided they were going to redshirt. So the line went from minus three to plus seven and a half. So if you got Houston, you got seven and a half points. If you had Houston and you bet it early and it was a minus three, you just want to just tear the ticket up and throw it away. Here's the thing. I got a feeling this team may just go totally belly up. I'm not sure seven and a half points is enough to give them. So those are some of the odds for today. Uh, one other news item I wanted to get to. Georgia Tech got uh, NCAA hit by the NCAA penalties. Their, their basketball team was banned from postseason play. Give credit to Barrett Salee, who I've been trying to get on the on the podcast, but he's always got something going on. Uh, hopefully we'll get him down the road. But Barrett Salee had a great line. He says, banning Georgia Tech from the postseason tournament is like banning the Marlins from the Major League Baseball playoffs. Tech hasn't been to one in nine years. Banning them is not really much of a punishment, is it? They got some other little punishments, but um, I tell you what, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because even though that's not a severe punishment in terms of um, because Tech hasn't been in nine years, it's still the punishment nobody wants to get. I mean, death penalties first, no postseason is number two, right? Reduction in scholarships three. And now they're going after Kansas, and they're kind of swinging pretty hard right now. The NCAA is going after Kansas hard, and that's going to be really interesting to see where that ends up. Does Kansas take the Bruce Pearl approach and say, we refuse to cooperate? Give us whatever you want. We don't care. Man, we're not going to really penalize you. Or do they take the North Carolina approach? Or do they take um, the approach of some of these schools that have cooperated completely and then got killed? So that's going to be really interesting. All right, let's get to three things. It's time for three things. Number one on three things, playoff baseball is here. And look, I'm not a huge baseball guy. I love the Braves. I like college baseball a lot. And um, I, I, I can't sit and watch the Marlins play the Brewers, okay? In fact, I have a hard time sitting through an entire baseball game. That's just me. Everybody has their – I mean, how can you watch an entire day of nothing but golf? You might watch the Masters. Okay, it's every, everybody's got their different things. But playoff baseball, I'll watch. <laughs> I'll watch no matter who's playing. It's There's a different level of excitement, and that's the way it is with all playoffs, but it's really – I think playoff baseball is one of the coolest things there is. 
because it means so much and you play this marathon of a season this elongated ridiculous season 162 games I'm so tired and I've even I've played 162 games and gained 10 pounds I don't understand it and then it's an old joke then all of a sudden you got this bam bam all right wild card one game winner take all boom you're out all right best you know four out of seven you're out you know it it, it's so it's kind of cool anyway that's just my take on that number two the state of the state of football this could be a whole column and who knows it may be one day soon but our state sucks at football it's really bad and the the beacons of light right now are the florida gators and the ucf knights i know ucf lost this weekend it's a great game on saturday against pitt they're three and one so between the two of them florida and ucf are seven and one the rest of the state in the nfl is two and seven and college is eight and eleven so that's a combined 10 and 18 what happened to our state well different things happen Coaching hires. Obviously, Miami's trying to get its feet wet with its coach. Lane Kiffin was not the greatest coach in the hire in the world that everybody thought he was going to be. He's going to take recruits away from Florida. Charlie Strong is not working out well for him. Butch Davis is literally incognito at FIU. And Willie Taggart, we all know. Everybody feels about that. In the NFL... I still go to front offices. Now, front offices sometimes and often include the head coach, but it's getting the right players more than it is having schemes and and uh, you know great play calls and everything. It's getting the right players, and we saw this happen with the Jaguars where they went through a stretch of like five seasons where they didn't draft an SEC player, an SEC player for five years. SEC was winning every national championship. They didn't draft any of them. Even in the seventh round. Just throw in a, a Vandy guy, okay? And they were awful. And uh, what's happening with them now, I, I think, like, the front office in at Tampa Bay has been awful. Front office in Miami has been awful. Front office in Jacksonville is pretty good. Coffin's pretty good. Got a good owner. I think the problem there was they got good, and they all let it go to their heads. And I ain't going to mention Jalen Ramsey's name, although I just did. But it's not just him. There's been a lot of that. They got some good kids on that team. I say kids are like in their 30s, but some good players on that team who do play it the right way, Calais Campbell being one of them. But they got a lot of guys with big egos, and those egos were built on that run they made to within a game of the playing the Super Bowl. I think that's their problem. Well, what do I know? I'm a college football guy. Uh, finally, number three, uh, did want to talk a little bit about basketball. Great going over there to media day on Tuesday. I rushed over there after we did the podcast. And uh, what a great group of, group of guys. And just talking to Mike, he is so fired up about coaching this group. But he also knows, look, got to stay healthy. And got you have to do a good job in terms of getting the chemistry right. Chemistry was awful last year. I didn't know how bad it was until I had talks with some people that were around the program, including the head coach. Just the issues they had in the locker room, on the practice court. They aren't having that this year. As uh, one of the assistants, Darius Nichols, told Mike, we haven't had to coach effort at all. This is an energetic group. Seems to have good personalities. They want to win. 
It's important to them. This team is going to be fun to watch. If you're not a Gator basketball fan this year, you might as well call it a day. You don't need to be watching Gator basketball. I think it's going to be fun as heck to watch. And I think it's going to be, even though they've got a rugged schedule and a lot of road games, those home SEC games are going to be packed, and it's going to be great. So anyway, that's my plug for the Gators. And I did want to make one other plug. I told uh, told them I would because I, they, they treat me so well. Uh, obviously, the, um, the quarterback club that meets here in Gainesville has been around for 69 years. They do an amazing job, scholarships and everything. And they, they uh, like I said, they treat me really well. I speak to them every Tuesday night, just have a little scouting report, a few jokes, a few Spurrier stories. But they've got quite a list coming up of speakers. They just had Mike Bianchi, so forget him. But <laughs> Mike Bianchi knows I'm going to say that. But they've got coming up, I think this week is Dari Noka, uh, James Bates, who was just on this show. I'm sure he'll be hilarious, maybe do a Luther impression. Uh, they've got uh, Lou Holtz, Steve Spurrier, um, somebody else, I can't remember. Oh, Jeff Cardozo, my, my good friend. So um, they got great, great speakers, and it's it's such a great place to go and just you get to meet so many people and talk to so many people. You know, they they're women in the club. They've actually asked me the other day if I, if my daughter wants to come back. She went to the one. You know, there's plenty of room for her. Have her come, and they've got a huge club, and it's they do a great job. They meet over at the Wyndham, and I wanted to plug them because they do great work in the community too. You know, giving out a trophy for the the city champion, stuff like that. Those guys at the quarterback club know what they're doing. They do a tremendous job. So there, I have plugged away, and now I'm getting out of here. Hope everybody enjoyed a little bit longer version of the podcast. I'm sorry about Tuesdays being so short. We'll be back with you next week. We'll talk about the Towson game and look ahead to Auburn. It's Auburn week next week. Better strap it on. Until next time, I'm Pat Dooley. I'm the sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun saying I'm deep, I'm way back, and I am out of here. The Duly Noted Podcast is presented each week by Zaxby's, taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's or order at zaxby's.com. And by Vistar Credit Union with locations across Gator Country. Visit vistarcu.org. And also, the humidor, going the distance for fine cigars.